Pathfinder is on a mission to prove you don't have to sacrifice good ethics to generate good returns. All of Pathfinder's KiwiSaver funds ranked in the top three for returns in Morningstar's 2021 survey. Their conservative fund placed first in its category, their growth fund second, and balance fund third. So if balancing individual wealth and collective well-being floats your boat, check out Pathfinder KiwiSaver plan. Pathfinder KiwiSaver plan helps you save for your future without it costing the earth. Pathfinder Asset Management Limited is the issuer of the Pathfinder KiwiSaver plan. Head to pathfinder.kiwi for more information and a copy of the product disclosure statement. Welcome to the Curve Podcast, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. We're all busy in the pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. This podcast is for women to learn about investing in a non-scary or intimidating way. With short episodes, you'll have time to learn, digest and understand everything to do with the world of investing. So thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve. Hello again. Hi. (laughs) Welcome back. It's us again. Awesome. We're so glad that you have time to actually stick around because there's still, yeah, there's still lots of things. I'd love to ask you about where your personal KiwiSaver is. I want to sort of know a couple of holdings that you're really excited about. So thanks heaps for being here again. Thanks for having me. Can I ask a question that's quite personal? Yeah. You can tell me to, you know, edit this out if it's so much. <laughs> I feel like I know what you're going to ask. Are you reasonably open about talking about what you do invest in? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, yes. <laughs> because I'd love to know if there's any... I got told off on the way here, you're not allowed to give investment advice, Buffy. No, you're not. But you no, can tell not. us what you invest in. I mean, that's, mm. yeah. Well, I mean, if you tell and other people do their research and decide that they want to invest in it, then mm. it's not as though that's taking away from your returns. And that's what I don't like about there's this, like, kind of protective nature around, like, this is my portfolio and I want to talk about it. But mm. it's like, actually, the more people that are investing in those stocks, it's better for I know. you. You know, oh, buy all the following companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So get a pen and paper and write down. <laughs> I even get overwhelmed with what? In company, investing in companies that are considered conscious companies or ethical companies because I feel like no matter what the company, and this is quite a, a you know, overarching statement, but no matter what the company, there's always some element of them or, or some kind of element of the operations that someone doesn't agree with. Totally. And it's so hard. I find it hard and I'm living and breathing this every day, yeah. let alone someone else who's new to investing and thinks, oh, my gosh, Tesla, great company. They produce electric vehicles. Mm. And then they read an article and go, Oh shit! But they actually have been, what's the word? Um, accused. Accused. They've been accused of of, of modern slavery mm. and sexual harassment in the workplace. And so it's kind of like you're like, oh, for God's sake, okay, I'll take my money out of Tesla. I'll find something else, and then you find something else, and the same thing happens. And you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard. I was literally hard. thinking of, of that exact example on the way here. Yeah. And I think it's it's not about saying it's not some black and white thing. It's like with everything, it's mm. not that this these companies are good and these ones are bad. It's, there's a spectrum. And no one, no one individual and no one company is perfect. It's it's a it's an approach and it's an ethos. And you can see that when you talk to the people who are in that company, the people at the head of those companies, like, is that important to them? Okay, well, it's okay if they're not perfect all the time. But if that's important to them, they're going to try and angle the company in that direction. And that's good enough. I tried to find exposures in organic biodynamic farming, and uh, environmental research, those companies are not listed, sadly. Mm. So, you know, when you think of those really beautiful companies, those are not available as yet as listed investments. So you just have to do the best you can. And I think it's it's just more of a which ones get across or like let's look at the 100, which are the bottom 10 that probably aren't doing great things? Tobacco. 
gambling. Child pornography. Gambling. Child pornography. I Surely mean, that's not at the very Is least. illegal? Sorry, that was a bad Child example. pornography. Yeah. Yeah, no, but you can be doing it and... But anyway, sorry. (laughs) Exactly. So try and at least move out of those. I mean, for example, I was reading some stat the other day that the the vast majority of KiwiSavers, if if you don't opt for a specific fund, will be invested in some of those areas. So a lot of people will be invested in those some of those areas and not even know, not necessarily child pornography, but tobacco, mm, weapons, mm. fossil fuels. If you agree with those industries, sure. Invest in them, but if you don't, then then okay, pull yourself out of those, and then perhaps look at all, who who are in the top fifty percent uh, who are trying to do good things, uh, and and so having an ethical investment approach, it's really not a black and white approach. And so when I'm saying to people, what type of companies you should invest, should you invest in? Honestly, my first thing is, well, what industries do you believe in? Like what what industries are out there doing good things in the world? Even things like companies like Canva, for example. Um, you know, Canva, the mm, yeah, little yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like an Aussie company. Mm-hmm. So it's still not listed, is it's it? It's still not listed. No. Right. So uh, that's one that I had said to Tony, when that lists, I definitely want to look at it. It might be completely overpriced. It probably will because it's a, it's like a household name. So every man's, you know, every retail investor will want to invest in that. So it might may not be priced well at the actual uh, IPO. Float, IPO. <laughs> I'm learning, guys. <laughs> uh, if it does, if it does it does go public. Um, however, so you always want to look at those two things. Is the industry something that I think is cool, is doing good things, is, is adding value to people's lives in a positive way? And that's a company where, I, you know, I would say would still tick my boxes of a positive company doing great, fun things in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not necessarily renewable energy because that's kind of what you always think of. Uh, and that's somewhere I'd want to have some of my money invested. And then obviously you always want to overlay that with, um, well, then what's the pricing look like and is it overpriced or underpriced? And so, and that's what I used to do as a research analyst, but you can find research reports on those. So, yeah, I would say as opposed to names, I mean, back in the day, and my view is slightly different now, but back in the day I, I did like things like, Pinterest, Facebook, Google, like being exposed to those kind of technology areas. I'm a little bit, I'm not going to say that I would, I'm possibly kind of reducing holdings in those at the moment just based on some things that have happened in the last couple of years. And is that based on ethics? Yeah. Cool. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. It's really putting your money where your mouth is. But I didn't, I didn't, maybe it was there, but I didn't see that. I didn't see some of those behaviours. Five years ago, I just saw all these positive behaviours, connecting people and, yeah, and so things change. You know, companies change and so... You've reassessed like, it and yeah, made a new call. Facebook's more, I mean, that's a classic example where I'm like, I would I would definitely not be increasing my holding in Facebook right now. In fact, the opposite mm-hmm. sort it's of like, thing. But, yeah. It's like confirmation bias as well if you're like, oh, no, this is a great company and they're doing great things and you only see really good articles about them and then, and then you get this kind of warped view of that they're doing well and then so that's funny that you kind of slowly came around to being like, hey, hang on, they're actually not a really, a really good company. So, yeah. But that's when you might go, okay, well, maybe I can downsize my Facebook holding or get out of Facebook or whatever and invest in something like Canva, which is going to have that same exposure like tech sector, but... It's fun and it's creative it's, yeah. and there's something designy there's about something it. Like, I know what you mean. About it. I'm sure uh, they, you know, do high fives to their staff <laughs> in the office and they probably have like a drink station on Fridays. And, it'd be colourful, you know? wouldn't it? Yeah, they I have think a feature so. wall for sure. Mm, sure. Like a yeah. dog day. There'd be you know, snack kind of section. Yeah. Yes, which I think Google and Facebook, that kind of was where they were at five years ago, but they've just gotten so big that they have all these other different challenges now that they have to deal with. And that's what we always tell 
like the curve community is like look around like what are you passionate about what are you what industry do you work in what what do you know well what products do you use regularly because that's the easiest way to not only spot trends but you know if you're investing something you're passionate about you're just way more invested excuse the pun but you know that you're kind of you're just you're a lot more attracted to it and yeah what are your key principles in terms of where do you draw the line what are the things that you look for in companies that you're like yep tick 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 this is something that I'm interested in in an industry that's doing good things for the planet is probably like the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then generally the ones that are doing that then has a good management team, you know, n- nice people, nice, intelligent, smart people that want to do good things are, are then managing that company and then looking at the pricing of it. That's probably it. So, for example, you know, you said to have a couple names. So like Meridian Energy in New Zealand, which is 100% renewables and based in the South Island, is like a lovely New Zealand investment to have. Uh, again, is there someone in that company who's sexually harassing a female? Probably. But you can't <laughs> win it at all. Oh. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so yeah. but in general, that's a, I, I think that's a really, you know, it's a good company in New Zealand doing good things. And, um, and the management team seems to be focused on, do, you know, doing good things for the planet. So... Um, yeah, like Meridian, um, Vestas. I've got that in my portfolio yeah. too, actually. Do There's you? another one called Vestas, which we invested in quite a while ago, maybe like a year or a year and a half ago, which is uh, wind farms based in um, Denmark, Scandinavia. Cool. Again, because I was going, how do we get exposure to more re- um, renewable energy? Have you seen how they transport the wind? The wind farms? The wind the, farms? The, the, the blades? The blades are like... They're ginormous. Absolutely ginormous. And it's just like, I, I watched a documentary, it's fascinating. Yeah. They're, they're huge and it's such a complex operation. Transporting blades at wind farms is yeah. fascinating. It's so fascinating. Okay. <laughs> We've got a very different opinion on that. <laughs> but that I think, you know, like that Vestas investment was, that was, that was probably me going, how can we get exposure to renewable, more renewable energy that's overseas? Like what about wind and... and um, so, solar energy, and then Tone kind of looking into what's available, and then we found a cut. There was a couple. There's maybe three, and then looking at the three, going, okay, which one do you like the most? And then, okay, we like this one. So that was Vestas, and that's done really well. Awesome. And then there's another one that's called First Solar, which does solar energy. Same sort of thing. How can we get exposure to that area? Okay, who's in that area? And that's and it's listed. Now let's look at them. Who's got a good, is well priced, and the management team seems like they're onto it type thing. So that's probably the steps that you'd go through that I'd go through, mm. and then looking at your existing portfolio on a regular basis, and just kind of going recalibrating, like going, oh, well, that one's gone up a lot, so now it's quite big in the portfolio, and also they're kind of starting to do some funky things. So maybe we will, you know, down downweight that and use that extra to invest in something else. So would you ever look and be like, oh, I've got quite a lot in solar or quite a lot in renewable energy? Maybe I should diversify yeah. into something out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, probably because trends are our, good and yeah. it's good to our invest in a trend. Probably, yeah. but then it's also we probably let it run a bit too much. Yeah, like so it gets a bit big and, and we're going, oh, that is quite large now in the portfolio. That particular two companies, but then we still really like those companies. But um, I think it's more the better approach is to go keep your eye keep your eye out on new opportunities. And when a new opportunity comes up, you go, oh, my gosh, Canva's listing and it's listing at a really good price. Let's totally get into that. I keep using that as an example. But, um, okay, now we'll downweight those ones that have gotten a bit mm. uh, big and are now, you know, now we're not nice and diversified. Take pulls down some of that and invest it into new. Yeah. Something fresh. Because mm. you're probably yeah. better to have more in something that you really believe in than diversifying for the sake of it, right? Like you want to find a company that you're like, yes, this is it. I'm going to go take a bit from here and put it in there rather than just 
spreading super thin for the sake of yeah. having them in millions of you companies. Don't need to have like a, you don't need to have 100 stocks all at 1% each, you know, in your portfolio. But maybe you would have, depends on the size of the portfolio, but maybe you have 30 or 40 and they don't all have to be even. They could well, be 30 or 40. Spine. Oh, my goodness, I've got a lot of work to <laughs> but do. That, but, that grow, but that's over time, right? Because your Vestas um, holding doubles over the course of a couple of years. And so then you go, well, that's quite big. I'm going to sell down half of that. Still really love that company and the sector, really believe in that, doing good things for the planet. But I'm going to, I'm going to halve that because it's gotten quite big and now I'm going to invest that into a couple of others. And then now I've got, now you've got three and four and five and six. Okay. Mm. Are, there, are there any other really cool companies or sectors that you've found recent, like recently and are excited well, about? Well, like electric vehicles I think is a big one that, and, and I wanted to buy Tesla sort of two years ago, but... Um, I got the no from the Tony said no from the portfolio <laughs> my portfolio manager. <laughs> Why? Because it was over because it was really highly priced, like it's trades on a really high multiple. And but it was the only exposure to EVs, to electric at vehicles time. at the time. So it's like, oh, but it's a it's, you know, it's a really cool company and I mean they still use batteries and all sorts of mm. stuff, you know. So again, nothing's white and black. Um but it's, it's like lithium. I'd be interested to know. Is like, it in batteries? Is that what it so is? So lithium yeah. is a material that you get from the ground and you put it into batteries for electric vehicles. So it is extracting it from the... Yeah. See? And then you kind of go, oh, well, is that just as bad as fossil fuels? So this is this is the thing. It's, you're like, it's but electric dis- vehicles can't survive without yeah. lithium. So but, you're, if you're supporting electric vehicles and you're investing in those companies, you really should be investing in lithium. Like it's such... This is where mm. it just gets so... And we've been talking to investors and investors are half on the fence of, well, no... If you're if you're running a sustainability fund, you can you can invest in lithium because it's part of the process, and you're helping decarbonize the planet by investing in lithium and helping lithium miners, you know, grow. But then the other half are like, oh no, it's you're damaging the earth. It's a mine. It's mining process. You know, the the, the water that they use to get that mineral out of the ground, all this stuff. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh, I can't win. Yeah, <laughs> but I think this is the thing. All of those arguments are really valid. Mm. That's why it's a discussion and it's a, you know, look, weighing up the pros and cons and then and making making the best choice that's available, like with everything, right? Mm. So when you're going to buy your, uh, I mean, I talk about this a lot in my current job doing around nutrition and natural health is making the best choice with food. So if there's organic beetroot but they're packaged in a plastic bag versus conventional but it's it's free, it's not packaged in a plastic bag. Which is the better option? Mm. Which is it? Well, it's well, then different it's for everyone, isn't it? Well, then it's hard. So I get, make, I get really pissed off when I see all the organic produce in plastic bags. Like, Same. What are you, you know, up to? What are you doing? But I ask the people, at this, why do you do that? They're like, oh, because well, that, then we know that that bag is organic because otherwise people can mix oh, them. Oh, my goodness. You know, so... <laughs> That's why they have the stickers Get a on. Get sticker that's or like the, something. That is why they have the stickers on all the apples so that it's easier at checkout. So there's lots of things like that. I also have had, talked about, well, what about the plastic on the cucumbers? What the hell, you know? Oh, I know. that yeah, last but, night, actually. So, right? So then you'd think, well, that's evil. Plastic on cucumbers must be universally evil. So, <laughs> and it's just wrong. It uh-huh. is. But then when I spoke to people, some people from super, the two big supermarkets about it, they said, yeah, but we've, when we've tried doing it without the plastic wrap, because the cucumbers are so soft, so many of them get damaged in transit that we end up having so much more food waste than if we plastic wrap It's them. like, which is yeah. the lesser evil? Right? So do we want the food waste or do we want the plastic wrap? 
So if there's someone thinking of a business idea, create a wrap for a cucumber that's oh, not no. plastic. Compostable. Yeah, compostable. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be like, Honestly, like so many on. amazing business ideas out there that I would invest in. Do you know in. what I saw? I saw, um, I actually bought them for Vic. They're com- home compostable dog poo bags. I thought of this about mm. a year ago and I thought, this is a brilliant business idea, but you know, poo bags is not my destiny. However, I thought <laughs> this is a brilliant product. Yeah. And if that listed and they had a fantastic CEO, I would invest in that company. Totally. I was in London and I went into a sushi shop and they had individually plastic no. wrapped sushi. So you could pop in and buy one piece. And I remember going back to my sister and I was just like, I just nearly fell off my seat. Oh, I could not believe terrible. what I saw and the people were just yeah. buying it. And I was like, yeah. Honestly, the whole COVID thing with the takeaway cups has just killed me. Yes. Watching people take all those takeaway cups just killed me. Yeah. And even though all the cups are, like, compostable and people just throw them around the bin. Thanks so much to our wonderful sponsor for this mini-series, Pathfinder KiwiSaver Plan, who are not only interested in caring for the planet, but also growing your wealth. Pathfinder runs a social enterprise model, so every Kiwi who joins their KiwiSaver Plan gets to choose a charity. They then donate 20% of their management fee for that member to their chosen charity every year. If you're wondering what kind of impact this has, if you look at Forest and Bird, for example, they received a donation of $25,750 from Pathfinder in 2021. In 2022, they gave them $75,349. Pathfinder Asset Management Limited is the issuer of the Pathfinder KiwiSaver plan. Head to pathfinder.kiwi for more information and to see their product disclosure statement. We've also put all this information in our show notes. I would love to know if you, because there's the continuing argument around returns versus investing in companies that are doing good for the planet. Yep. Can you give us an example of a, a stock that you invested in that did really well that's also doing good things for the planet? Yeah, I would say Vestas, First Solar, Meridian, like those three examples. Are mm. there any other ones that are like random that we would never have heard of? Or just like a bit niche or different? This the thing. This is the thing with I think with ethical investing is it's not all the industries that you want exposure to are available. Yeah, that's a real challenge. They're not all available, so you have like companies that list on the stock market are inherently going to be large companies. So any of these cool small New Zealand companies that are doing all these compostable poop bags and what have you, those are not yeah. options for investment for investment. So you do have to go with some of these big names. I used to get sent, like, all the time, like, companies that are doing cool things, and I'd just be like, oh, it's not listed. You know, it's kind of frustrating because you want to invest in them because they are doing cool things and you want to support them, but you're just like, you can't, and it's yeah. so frustrating because it's it's true. It's only the big companies, big, well-known companies that Get have, to a point of being yeah. an IPO. Yeah. yeah, and if you're interested, you know, if you want to go a little bit alternative, then you can look on, like, the alternative exchange. And, and What's those- that? They're like smaller companies, so they're not big enough to go on the main stock exchange, but they'll be on the smaller stock exchange. So they're just, they're those more smaller niche companies. And the problem with that is, you know, these equity uh, research analysts that I was one of, there's only so many of them and they cover the top 50 stocks and maybe 10 more. They don't have enough time to, like, there's not enough. So there's no, like, info data. So there's no research. So you're literally just winging it. Yeah, I mean, I you see. have, and so none of the big funds, like you know, none of the big investment funds, will invest in those companies. A less demand for those companies. So you might be like, "Cool, oh my gosh, great growth story. This is fantastic." But if you don't have all the funds and all the institutional kind of investors or Putting high net worth them. investors, yeah, interesting. Mm. Mm. But 
But it's it's good to keep your eye on those companies because they could be the canvas of the world. And Ex- eventually exactly. IPO. And they will be, and, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. imagine back when, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not saying these are great investments um, now, but back when kind of Twitter and Facebook and Google started uh, and um, they were these small, small niche quirky companies. And yeah. so, yeah, everything transitions. And I think you're just always wanting to look at what those companies are doing now and is the investment story still one that aligns with your ethos as much as possible? I always think about it like that. Yeah. I'm putting my money into your company. So if you're having a dick, I'm going to pull that money out and put it into people that are doing good things in the planet. That's so what it's we like always... putting your money where your mouth. You know, it's like mm. with everything. When you're at the supermarket, do you pay that small premium to buy the organic produce if you can, if you're able to? I would like to think, like yeah. for me, yeah, if I, if I can, then yes, I, I would like to because that's going to show those growers that I I value you more than the, the conventional type of farming and I want more. It's like demand supply, right? Mm. So I want more of that. So we recently got, well, about a year ago, got solar panels put on our house and we've got a big wall panel by Tesla. And so what that means, it's like a big battery. So you get sun from during the day, powers the house during the day, and then it, the battery stores all of that energy and we live off the battery overnight. So That's we're basically so amazing. Like, off the grid. You know. Um, <laughs> off the grid off in the Auckland. Grid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in Auckland. Um, but was that a financial decision? No way. They're really expensive. Mm. It's like a 20-year payoff, you know. My granddad at 97 got um, solar panels invested. Oh, yeah. Bless yes. his heart. But it's, but right? So if more more people who can do then it means that those options will be more affordable and more available and more possible for, for those that can't. Totally. So I just always think that, yeah, when I'm choosing between X and Y, a T-shirt that's been made via slave labour in India versus one that's been, you know, has like an ethical, some sort of ethical tag on it. If I can, I'll try and get this one. Mm. It's just, it's the same with investments. Exactly. And it's also, it comes back to, I guess, the whole like, where is the line? What's affordable for you? Every single person's going to have a different investment portfolio size. They're going to sit in a different level of the scale in terms of what they think is ethical. This has been the most Mm. eye-opening. This mini-series that we've been doing has been the most eye-opening conversations we've had, Mm. or that I've had in a really long time. Because I think I kept harassing Vic to be like, but tell me what's ethical. But tell me the answer. I'm like, it depends. Because people's ethics and values are so different. And it's, yeah, it's it's one of the most frustrating things. I mean, it's so great investing like this and I I love it. And I just think this is where the world's heading and it's not even going to be a conversation, hopefully, about ethical investing. It's just going to be the way that we invest. But it's also one of the most frustrating as well because it's, you're dealing with so many people with different ethics and values and different companies that um, some bullshit and some yeah, yeah, yeah. some it's are actually doing really stuff. well. And so it's just like constant. But it's a it's a new and exciting way of investing and I think it's just going to be the norm soon and yeah. it's going to be great. <laughs> Do you also, with just quickly, uh, your KiwiSaver, can I ask who your provider is? Pathfinder. Oh, you are with Pathfinder. Yeah. When did you swap to them? About a year and a half ago. And what was the c- contributing factors? Because I guess to have only swapped a year and a half ago is kind of interesting if you've been kind of investing in this ethical way for such a long time. So because I have been self-employed for 10 years and not really earning a salary, I haven't had – well, I don't have KiwiSaver. So I haven't been um. contributing KiwiSaver since I was 29. Uh, I have an old KiwiSaver from back then – 
but it's like a you know it's like a peanut compared to my private investments. Of course, there's no employer contributions, there's no personal contributions, there's no government contributions. It's probably bigger than mine, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think even we might have pulled it. I think we might have even pulled it out when we bought that house. So I don't even know. Mm. Um, anyway, mine was mine was small, so it was never really a focus. We just hadn't thought about it. Just literally hadn't thought about it. So I think we were just with ASB in the high growth fund from like the beginning of time and hadn't thought about it until a couple of years ago. Mm, it's pretty new. It's yeah. pretty new. It certainly wasn't around when like I was around it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, like the Milfords, which have been around for Milfords, yeah. 15 years. Yeah, but yeah. That, and so so back when I, yeah, there was, there was ASB, there was, and I always took the approach of, well, all of our personal investments, we actively manage those, i.e. we actively choose where to put them. So for KiwiSaver, it's best that we're in a passive growth fund, i.e. the highest growth stocks, like which also means the most risky, but we've got a long time horizon. But passive to minimise the fees, and passive because means that it's not it's not like managed by a person. They're not actively managing it; they're just invested in the high growth index, what have you. But then it means we pay the lowest fees, and we're pretty happy with what what that's you know the exposure that that's in. So that was the view: like let's just get the lowest fee, highest growth option, and it's small anyway. Yeah. And then yeah, I think just because we were talking to him two years ago, and he's like, oh, this is where I'm working now, and you know, Tony said, oh, blah, 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 working at Pathfinder and we caught up with them and they talk, sort of talked about what their approach was and I was like, oh, my gosh, this option was never available back in the day. This is awesome. So we, and we looked at what they're invested in, cool, like that. How are their returns? Good, like that. I know the guy that managed the fund and I think he's good. So, um, yeah, so we switched. So we switched out both of our KiwiSavers and then also the kids because we've got our two little kitties have got like two little How old are kiwi they? savers. Three and seven. And they've got a kiwi saver. No. Yeah. I thought you had to be 18. No, you can have one. You just don't get all the perks. Oh, you sorry, get... I'm, I'm touching my head because I, I think I must be using a part of my brain a lot. It's on fire. It's real <laughs> weird. I'm like giving myself this a little massage. This conversation is quite intense. It's yeah. really, After this, you're it's like, like <sighs> there's like a part of my brain that is just like, Pulsating, it's really Are you strange. allergic to your hair? I don't know, oh, maybe. Sure. I hope not because I've got really bad hat hair. I'd like to keep it on. Sorry, so your kids are three and seven, did you say? Yeah, and you can have a you can have a KiwiSaver right from your one second old. And if the parents do small contributions, I think we do like five dollars a month or something for each child. Cute. Then you you there's still some sort of government contribution as well, and it's just like their little. We just thought, oh, we'll just start them a little baby nest. I mean, it's not they're not. It's not like they're sitting on a big, you know. Mm, I did that for my niece. But I set her up with a little KiwiSaver account. Yeah. She uh, doesn't quite realise it now. And again, yet, when, she'll when, love you later, <laughs> though. Yeah. When I was growing up, that wasn't available. We had the mm. ASB where you would, oh, ASB, and you'd take your little kiwi, book. Or the, the you'd elephant? take your little kind of ASB Maybe. book and you'd put your money in and you'd have a little, um, like a savings bank account. So it's just kind of the same idea. And, yeah, in terms of KiwiSavers, literally there just weren't ethical options available other than that, I told you, that one NZ Super fund. Mm. So it was only really that, you know, year and a half ago that we kind of went, oh, yeah, well, gosh, all of our other ones are, you know, this is really important to us, so we should probably switch that too. I've learnt so much in this conversation. Thank you so much for cool. sharing everything. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being really open. I think it's it's helpful for people like me to hear as soon as I heard you speak, I was like, yep, I trust her. So, like, <laughs> it's really nice to hear thought processes behind what you're investing in, why, things that have done well, things that haven't, what you've learnt. Yeah, thank you so when, much. Yeah, because when you do talk about money, it does 
everyone kind of does get a bit like, uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. Even when and I was like, like, can I ask what you invest in? Yeah. <laughs> everyone got a little bit uncomfortable. But really, thank you for sharing. And yeah. um, I know there'll be a lot of people listening that will have learned so much. Yeah, I think the main thing is just have the confidence to, to give it a try because you're never going to learn about it until you give it a try. And if you're feeling unsure, then go with a fund. Mm. You know, and so you can, um, as opposed to maybe doing your own shares type thing. Mm-hmm. And I also think with that, like, in a way, I mean, would you get, would you cut your hair yourself? Um, you know, like, do you do you do your own accounts or do you use a hairdresser and a, and, a, and an accountant to do those things? So when it comes to investments, is like it what, you might give yourself a little trim, a little but trim. you probably wouldn't do a fringe right? by yourself. You're not going to do a dye job and go. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe it's a small percentage on the fringe and then, I mean, on the split ends and then if it was the full 50, my savings yeah. or like $80,000, I probably would go to a hairdresser. Probably go yeah. to a professional. Or right? a professional, right? yeah. So, and that's just about using someone who is in that all, all day, every day. Like, you know, you're working in that all day, every day. Yeah. And so you're just using a trusted a trusted professional to help you in that area. So I would, you know, I would sort of strongly recommend that it, unless you want to get into it and learn about it, and that's really cool too. Uh, and, um, but, but you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to cut your hair by yourself. Yeah. If you want to, if you want a nice looking cut, you might like to use a hairdresser. I have done it myself before, and I tell you what, it was a oh disaster. My God, I totally imagine that you would do something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> but right, but you chat to your head, right? You pick your hairdresser because you like them, and they're nice, and they do a good job, and you might talk to them about the approach that you'd like this mm. time. But then they actually do the job because they're doing it all day, every day. Mm, I like and that you're analogy. Happy, yeah, mm, and it, you're happy to pay them for that service because. That that's something that you couldn't do yourself. Yeah, yeah. and some hairdressers are good with blondes. Some are better with brunettes or long hair, short hair. You know, you just find your find your one. So I don't think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a cop out. I don't think people should feel like it's a cop out to go and invest in a fund that's going to do the job for them. I don't think that I don't think that at all. So I I I recommend seeking out a professional that can help you just in the same way you would do with with any other area of your life. Because you can learn so much from a fund manager as well because they give you monthly updates and tell you what your fund's invested in and you can see it growing or not growing and you can figure out why and why not it's doing that. And So you can kind of learn from them as well and it's kind of... Yeah, like when you go to the hairdresser, I'm like, can you show me how to curl? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and I go home and it doesn't work out. And then I'm like, can you show me again? You know, it's <laughs> like you're constantly trying to learn and then sometimes, you, yeah. You can, be a, you can be an, a conscious ethical investor without having to buy every single stock yourself. You can still make these awesome choices and be a part of the process and learn about it and do really well. Yeah. You know? Mm. Amazing. Wow. Gosh, a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. It's been such Girls. a privilege to have you here. Thank you. Yes, yeah, for having me. I wish this thing, this was a, like you guys were around. Do you want to be the third musketeer? Yeah. Just join full time. <laughs> totally. No, I'd feel sad of my depth. I think two on one would be a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> but please, I'll, can, I'll can be, we get you back again? Yeah. Because there's so many more things I'd love to ask you. Okay, amazing. Mm-hmm. Love to. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Raising the Curve. Please subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And we would also love for you to share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit from it. For more information about The Curve and how you can learn more, head to thecurve.co.nz or find us on socials at the underscore curve nz. Thank you so much to Pathfinder KiwiSaver Plan for making this mini-series happen. It's time to think about not only our bottom line, The world needs us to be investing our money consciously, and that's exactly what Pathfinder are doing. Growing your wealth doesn't need to cost the earth. 
We all have different standards when it comes to what we think is ethical and what's important to us, which is why education is key when it comes to making sure that your KiwiSaver funds aren't being invested in things that you don't agree with. Pathfinder KiwiSaver plan values the lives of animals, people and the planet. Pathfinder Asset Management Limited is the issuer of the Pathfinder KiwiSaver plan, so you can head to pathfinder.kiwi for more information to see their product disclosure statement or you can check them out in the show notes. 